0: Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser. If you tuned in yesterday, uh, we were talking about how to overcome fear, worry, anxiety, guilt, shame, regrets, all these weapons of self-destruction. Now listen, if any part of this radio show encourages you or encourages you to take another step, please email me at bill at Encounter.org. Or find us at the HopeEncounter.org website. And once again, thank you for your support. There's so much we need to do, especially between now at the end of the year. And we cover your prayers and your financial uh, giving to the Encounter ministry. So listen, the key to breaking the power of pride-fueled shame is the superior power of humility-fueled faith in the work of Christ and the promises of God. You see, shame pronounces us guilty and deficient. Jesus pronounces us guiltless and promises that His grace will be sufficient for for us in all of our weaknesses. Now, friends, that's good news. And as we trust Jesus as our righteousness and our provider of everything we need, shame will lose its power over us. I want to remind you today of what Scripture says in Isaiah fifty three five. But He was pierced for our transgressions; He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. One drop of blood can break it all. One drop of blood can break all the guilt, shame, worry, regrets, fear, anxiety in our lives. Friends, why hold on to shame for your past mistakes when Jesus declared it is finished in John 19.30? And lastly, I want to remind yourself of the truth in Psalm one hundred three twelve. We are given this assurance in his word where the psalmist says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's good news. See, God doesn't hold on to our sins. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. You know what else he removes? Our guilt and our shame as well, too. And God chose that scripture to show that he put the greatest distance possible between you and your sin. In other words, your slate has been wiped clean. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And today you can hold your head up high knowing this fact, that you're a new creation in Christ and you no longer have to hold on to shame of a past sin, no matter how grievous that sin is. Don't buy into the lie that you can never be healed, forgiven, or made whole again. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your healing has already been accomplished to what Jesus has done for you. Accept it, knowing that shame doesn't live here anymore. And that should become your testimony. Shame doesn't live here anymore. If you're with someone right now, you should turn to that person and say, Listen, shame doesn't live here. Never again will shame live here. So you go from isolation and shame to testifying to the crowds about his name. That's what happened to the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus made her tell the crowd about her shame. And in doing so, she received the healing and cleansing she needed. In other words, Jesus made her shame a showcase of his grace. And God is calling all of us to grab on the grace, watch this, and let go of shame. In other words, the Apostle Paul tells me how to do this. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize. Listen, you're never, ever going to get where you need to be, always driving, looking in your rearview mirror. At some point, you got to start looking forward and forgetting what is behind and straining towards the prize that's in front of you. The Apostle Paul, listen, but taking hold of what's new is not enough. We've got to let go of the past. We've got to let go of the past. We have to let go, exchange, and replace the old with the new. God doesn't want you living with shame and guilt. He wants to replace your shame with his name, your guilt with his grace, your sin with his forgiveness, and your hate with his love. And he exchanges your pain with his power, and he exchanges your hurts with his healing. So that's the good news. God has a remedy for it all. God can fix it all, especially when it comes to fear, worry, and anxiety. God can break all the chains of all fear, worry, and anxiety. Watch this. Instantly. Not just a process. I come across so many people, well, it's going to be a long time before I get over this. And I always look at them and say, why? Why can't God break it instantly? I, now, I get why so many of you listening have a hard time believing that because fear, worry, and anxiety have been with you most of your life. Listen, they were three of my closest companions growing up. Since I was a little boy growing up in New York City, you've heard my testimony. Let me add one thing, one element of my testimony you've never heard. I can always, since I was a little child, always remember growing up of always being afraid. I was always anxious and filled with fear and anxiety all the time. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of going to sleep. From the time maybe I was four years old, demons would wake me up in the middle of the night. I was haunted with nightmares. had physical manifestations of demons sitting on me, choking me in the middle of my sleep, chasing me down in my sleep, actually waking me up. And having those same demons in the room with me while I was wide awake. I would try and scream, but words and sounds could never come out of my mouth. I was terrified of the night. The apartment I grew up in was an open door to evil spirits. My mother loved playing the Ouija board, among other demonic things that were allowed in that apartment. She would have her friends come over and play all the time. She turned it into a family game. Letting me and my sisters play with them all the time. This went on for years. Now, Scripture has plenty to say about demonic spirits and how they operate, and we don't have time to get into all of the Scriptures, but one that stands out is this in Luke 11, 24-26, which says, When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself and they all enter the person and live there and so that person is worse off than before. So let me just say a few things about demons. One, they can exist outside or inside humans. Demons are able to travel. They're able to communicate. Each one has a separate identity. They're able to remember and make plans. They have assignments. They study and watch you. They roam around patiently waiting for the right moment. They're able to evaluate and make decisions. They combine forces. They vary in degrees of wickedness. They masquerade as angels of light. They can possess a person but not a believer in Jesus Christ. They can oppress a believer. They can attack a believer but they can never possess a a believer. They can make you worry. They can make you anxious and give you anxiety. They can make you fearful. I can go on and on, but here's all you need to know about evil spirits. You can have a million evil spirits oppressing you with all sorts of demonic activity, and all it takes is one Holy Spirit to destroy them all. All it takes is one word spoken by you in authority, applying the blood, dispatching a warring angel to do battle for you, and speaking to those things in the mighty name of Jesus. And all you have to do is speak the name of Jesus, and they're gone, and they're destroyed, and they're away from all the havoc they've caused on your life. Now listen, as a result of being exposed to so much demonic activity in that apartment that I grew up in, I gave in to my fears as a, young, as a young child growing up in East Harlem, New York City. Not to mention my dad leaving, not to mention being sexually assaulted, being bullied, fighting for my life all the time, and for as far back as I can remember, I was fearful and full of anxiety. I was afraid and nervous and on edge all the time. I had panic attacks, and absolutely no ability to do any public speaking uh, whatsoever put me in front of a group of four or more people, and I would have a panic attack. Playing basketball helped me because uh, while I had a ball in my hand, the nerves calmed, calmed down, but the adrenaline increased. It was a great combination, and it allowed me to dominate the game of basketball when I was in high school. When I left New York City to play college basketball in Louisiana, I went through a series of difficult rejections and opposition, hardships, and setbacks in my life that I wasn't mentally stable or strong enough to handle. And I'm sure that if someone back then diagnosed me, they would come to the conclusion that I had some type of mental breakdown back then. And that first summer and first year of college was probably the most traumatic time in my life. And I was so used to packing away pain, fueling my fear, worry, and anxiety, that I was oblivious to the damage that was done to me emotionally. When I left my school in Louisiana and transfer and transferred to Eastern Kentucky University, I was so shot mentally that I lost my edge on the basketball court and completely lost my game. Getting high and having sex seemed like the only thing that would make the noise in my head go away. And I would go on three-day binges where I'd be up for three straight days without a minute of sleep doing cocaine and alcohol just so I can get a decent night's rest, maybe on the fourth night. Demons would still attack me in the middle of the night and my roommate's daughter was just me having hallucinations from the LSD I took every now and then. Fast forward, Carolyn and I got married, and for the first 13 years of our marriage, I put her through a living hell of pain and disappointment. And all through those years, Carolyn witnessed many nights to demons attacking me in my sleep. It seemed the more they attacked me, the more I made her life miserable. So I believe, that God put a reserve sign on me when I was lost and growing up in East Harlem that said one day Bill Reeser will give his life to my son Jesus Christ and he will serve him with all his heart, all his mind, and all his soul. You see, my father in heaven recruited me even before I was born to play on his team and hell lost another one the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ and all of heaven celebrated the day I accepted that free scholarship signed with the blood of Jesus giving me a full ride to play on team. Jesus now I bet you're wondering how God delivered me from all my fears worry and anxiety even my guilt shame and regrets you ready because I get questions like this all the time I gave my life to Jesus and I spoke the name of Jesus I gave my life to Jesus yeah I know that you're a Christian Bill I know that you got delivered from all those things did you go to rehab did you go to a step What, what happened did you go to counseling listen I gave my life to Jesus and I spoke the name of Jesus. That's all I did. You see, I've never had another physical demonic attack in my, in my sleep, in my life, since the night I was saved. And when the evil spirits came back to take residence in this house, my house, to try and put me back in chains, I'm sure they were surprised to find out that I now live in a gated community g- guarded by God's best warring angels. And they probably asked if they could come visit for just a day. And that's when I'm sure one of the angels said, oh, that would not be possible. That swept house has never been empty since you last saw him and now has a no vacancy sign. And the Holy Spirit signed a lifelong lease with no plans of ever leaving. And that's how God set me free and broke all the chains of anxiety, of fear, of worry, regrets in my life. Now, what about anxiety and being anxious and not being able to do any public speaking? Well, God set me free of that. And God gave me scriptures like this. Listen, God gave me this scripture in Philippians four 6, 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's break that down. What's the statement? Don't be anxious about anything. What's the instructions? But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Did you catch that? With joy with thanksgiving, and here's the promise, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me get back to how we started this talk. The person with the mind of Christ does not worry, is not fearful, is not anxious, does not have guilt, shame, regrets, and condemnation. I remember hearing a great testimony Pastor Carter Conlon, former lead pastor of Times Square Church, who was ridden with, with guilt, shame, fear, anxiety. He had so much. He would have panic attacks. One day, he just got in his basement. He was a brand-new Christian, didn't have all the, all the scriptures memorized. He just had a half a scripture, and he said, Satan— He said, you can only kill me if God allows you to. And if I die, I go to heaven. Either way, I win. So throw everything you have at me, but I throw everything I have at you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I resist you. And at that moment, he felt the power of God come over him and set him free from all the panic attacks, anxiety. If you have anxiety in your life and you're anxious, Trust that scripture, trust in God's word, trust in the finished work of Christ. Thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show.